Hey, Peter Navarro here with the weekend edition of the Taking Back Trump's America podcast and Substack. As you know, on the weekends, we like to do a little market and economy wrap, and certainly it was interesting this week. Uh, so here we go. Trust issues with Modi and a capsizing commercial real estate. Slowly, like a capsizing ship, global stock markets are rolling over while bond markets are rallying in the face of a persistent inflation that augurs a long-term period of high interest rate austerity. We've seen no market crash yet. Indeed, the stock market has exhibited strong bullish pulses at times over the last year. Yet, reviewing the tea leaves, that long-dreaded recession-driven bear market may finally be at our door. What caught my eye this week in the news was the visit of Prime Minister Narendra Modi to the White House in Capitol Hill. There is also mounting evidence of a meltdown in the commercial real estate market. Modi was elected as the Trump of India. He is a populist economic nationalist, much like Trump. He's ruled the unruly beast of India with an iron hand, and he has performed surprisingly well, even in the face of a worldwide pandemic. The big advantage India has is its population, the largest in the world. It is skewed to a much younger demographic than many other countries around the world. This gives India the twin advantages of a robust labor force willing to work for cheap wages, and a, load of relative, a lower relative burden of pensioned retirees on the government budget. While India should be a natural ally of the United States, communist China has invaded it twice and poses an existential threat from ships in the Indian Ocean and large bomber and fighter jet bases in Tibet, India and Modi can't really be trusted to have our back. When it broke away from the British Empire in 1947, India began to pursue a policy of non-alignment and quickly snuggled up tightly with the Soviet Union. That continues to this day. Here go Russia. I remember as a young lad, one of my first adventures traveling across India by third-class train. That was a trip, literally. Curious even then about geopolitics, I tried to visit some of the steel plants the Soviet Union had helped India establish. Not surprisingly, authorities wouldn't let an American anywhere near such plants. But the India, now Russia link, was as apparent then to me as it is today. In the trade arena, I wrote a detailed report at the Trump White House that described India as the Maharaja of Tariffs. While Communist China is the worst unfair trade aggressor against America, India does have the dubious distinction of having the highest tariffs in the world. When Modi came to Washington, D.C., or when Trump met Modi at the various G20 meetings, the boss always raised these issues, but we were stonewalled by Modi. India also dumps its highly educated, tech-savvy workforce into the U.S., and this has stunted the growth and development of Americans. Like the Communist Chinese, Indian students take away seats from Americans at our universities, particularly our graduate students and schools. The growing power of the Indian and Silicon Valley lobbies have also resulted 
in expansive visa programs which cost American jobs. Those issues need to be addressed. In the foreign policy arena, India has tried to hug the United States in the face of a rapid militarization of communist China. Yet, India is also quite successfully exploiting the Russia-Ukraine situation by buying up bargain basement Russia oil at the same time the U.S. is trying to impose sanctions. My bottom line, India under Modi is an uncertain trumpet, one not to be counted on unless India's territory itself is threatened. As for the looming catastrophe in the commercial real estate market, Here's some salient facts. We've got about $20 trillion in the U.S. in commercial property. While warehouses are doing well in a post-pandemic Amazonian era, there is a severe contraction in office space as corporations are moving to make more permanent full and part-time remote work. This structural shift trickles down to retail spaces which simply can't sustain themselves in urban environments when half the people on any given day are sitting at home in the suburbs doing remote work. Add to that the massive crime problems and rising taxes, particularly in Democrat blue cities like Chicago and New York and Detroit and San Francisco, and you've got commercial property owners ready to jump out of their own buildings. Now here's the basic fact. Unlike the home mortgage market, which finances structures using long-term 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, the strategic norm in commercial real estate is short-term financing with big balloon payments at the end. With trillions of dollars of loans coming due each year now, with interest rates high and with bank lending practices tighter, in the aftermath of the Silicon Valley bank debacle, experts are predicting a huge amount of foreclosures. Banks are going to be buried under the weight. So we will be watching this one closely. In the meantime, watch your portfolio and job very closely. More on the markets next week. I'm Peter Navarro, out. Be sure and check out the Substack at www.peternavarro.substack.com, peternavarro.substack.com. And at the end of this, we're going to leave you with the theme song from my Death by China film. It's the only song I've ever written. I did the lyrics, not the music. But I think you'll find that song um, quite interesting. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Look around and tell me what you see Every day, more people in the street Said I used to work in a factory Right now, I don't work for anything
not much Cause we've got simple needs Too bad They sent our jobs away As the CEOs get richer That jobs all move offshore We go to the store and spend our money Send all the dollars overseas This ain't the land of milk and honey This is the land of trading Trading me. 